0: Today on Sagittarian Matters, vegan taste tests, amazing race controversy, and tips for reactive dogs with my guests, Morgan, Beth Pickens, and Kaya Wilson. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters, Sagittarian Hello from the Sagittarian Matters social distancing studios in Los Angeles, California. Friends, this week I have for you some clips from the cutting room floor. First, I have a clip of great friend to the show and resident vegan taste tester Morgan and I trying Oatly strawberry yogurt and she also makes me wildly jealous with a chocolate tahini spread that friend to the show Don Riddle gave her. Next, Capricorn friend to the show, Fan favorite, author arts consultant Beth Pickens joins us to reminisce about the time that she and I tried out for The Amazing Race together as queer femme friends. Lastly, we are lucky enough to have dog training consultant and spouse to the show, Kaya Wilson, join me to answer your questions about dog reactivity on leash and how to make your dog feel at home in a new space. You can find Kaya online very soon at dogspeed.dog. You can find Beth Pickens' new book, Make Your Art No Matter What, right now, wherever books are sold. And you can find Morgan right here as our resident vegan taste tester on Sagittarian Matters. I hope you enjoy these never-before-heard clips, and have a great week.
1: You know, okay, so... Before we convened in the Mm -hmm. ethers as we are right now, um, we were visiting, I was visiting friend of the show, Dawn Riddle, and she gifted me this item called Soom Chocolate Sweet Tahini. How do you spell Soom? S-O-O-M. And it says, here's a picture of the Soom sisters. And there's three of them.
0: That's the, that looks like the roaches. They're hugging. Oh Oh, my God.
1: I wish the roaches had like a tahini company.
0: God. Also, can
1: that be our retirement plan? Just wondering me and you, Sure. So I'm gonna taste this on um freshly baked bread that Dawn also gifted me. Oh and I my wish god. I had known that there would be an additional tasting, I would have shared it with Nicole. Wait, Nicole! We what? have a sweet
0: course which we did not taste, which is oatly. Well, let's wait to the oatly till after you do this because we just set it up. People uh-huh. are on the edge of their seats.
1: I know. Does it good. taste like good goddess? Okay, it's thinner than
0: a uh, whoa. Um, <laughs> Whoa. She had to shove it in her mouth Mid-sentence because it was about to drip off The bread and so she just caught it with her whole Mouth and now Morgan is chewing She's this thinking
1: like a, This says Nicole George is all over it It's like um, um, What's the hazelnut one? Nutella But it tastes like tahini Nicole,
0: mm.
1: Nicole. Where did she get it from? I don't know mm. I have to ask. This is so good is it sweet it's very sweet like nutella but it has like the like bitterness of tahini and the like sesame-ness of sesame like bra or whatever sesame and it's so chocolatey and it is so good on this bread wow this would be good on everything bananas um you know the noble spud um bread
0: you, you'd put it on a potato i would <laughs>
1: I would just from a spoon, ice cream. This is a hit. I want to mm. take be- hot chocolate out of it. What? Mm.
0: This is driving me berserk that I can't <laughs> eat some of that. Like she's waving the spoon in front of the camera. She's taunting me. She's flaunting it. Well, let me eat my yogurt. Let me eat my strawberry oat yogurt. I forgot to bring my yogurt. <gasps> I might have to take a brief pause and go get it one moment. Sure. My
1: God, that is so good. Ugh. I know I'm so sorry I'm so to so
0: jealous. <laughs> I've never been more jealous in my whole life. You know how
1: good it was? Well, I just it's even better than
0: that. Mm. Well, so listeners, I went over to Morgan's porch while well, she's going to go get her yogurt. I went over to Morgan's oh, porch. My gosh She had out Oh my God. Tiny, <laughs> she had out a teeny tiny jar for me full of yogurt that I put in my purse, and now I'm here, ready to eat for you. I'm just going to sit here while we do it. I also want to say I did today try a date dipped in tahini, which it may surprise you is the first time I've done that because I always felt like dates were just a little too sweet for me to have as a daytime snack, but it wow. was very delicious. Morgan, I have my little tiny pot of yogurt here. So I look like a five-year-old with like
1: chocolate all around the rim of my mouth because I just like the spoon. Wow. We're tasting oatly oat girt girt not a suffix Hmm. okay the packaging is real cute in typical oatly fashion it says the original oatly oat girt and it says non-dairy full-fat yogurt alternative strawberry flavor no it just says strawberry fruit at the bottom i like that they put fruit at the bottom well that's fun cool
0: Hmm. I think this could be funkier. How can you describe this? It's, it's very thick. They know what they're doing with thickness and fat. I feel like this
1: tastes like every other vegan yogurt I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Nothing is standing out to me.
0: I'm trying to decide if it's coating my mouth the same way, like the Daya brand cream, like yogurt would, or.
1: It seems just fine. They're, oat milk is so delicious and like notably more so than other oat milks. This yogurt is like not, oh, guess what there is? Hmm. Wait a minute. Potato protein? There's potato protein in here.
0: Does that just mean the thing from potatoes that will thicken something up?
1: I don't, I've never seen this ingredient before.
0: So there's potatoes in, this is a potato round. We didn't even know it.
1: I know we didn't even know it, but it's not potato starch. It's potato protein. protein. Do they have protein in it that we don't
0: know about? Not that I know of. Remember one time a person working at a cafe that shall remain nameless? And I had a, a mini feud because she tried to tell me that avocado was a good source of protein. And I was like, madame, that is fiction. That is a fiction you just told me. That's not real.
1: I'll tip my tiny hat to you.
0: I couldn't keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just ate all this because it tasted good, like a dessert, but it mm. actually, it's not funky enough to me for me to actually want this. It tastes kind of blah. I just feel it's yeah. neither here nor there. It's forgettable. Uh huh. Mm. Their yogurt, I mean, sorry, their ice cream is delicious. Their yogurt, forgettable.
1: Forgettable. Totally. Like, did I eat, like, did I have oatly today? I don't know. That was just fine. That was like a real thumb. It's a solid three or nine o'clock.
0: This would taste better as a pudding than as a yogurt, in my opinion. Yeah. Like if they took this same thing, added some chocolate, dialed, it's not even that, it's not even funky enough for me to tell them to dial that down.
1: No, it's not that tart. It's not that like strawberry-ish. I think it tastes like strawberry. It really just tastes like literally any other non-dairy yogurt I've ever eaten.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. Well, we have a
1: lot of really strong flavors today. And that was like the, you know, the weakling of the bunch.
0: So on the dessert round, the Needham's hams, noble spud candy, thumb <laughs> way up for me. All the way up. The oh. chocolate tahini spread.
1: Oh my God. I'm so sorry you missed out on that. Again, I'm going to rub it in one more time. I'm so <laughs> sorry. It's so good. And
0: okay. then the Oatly yogurt is mm-hmm. sideways thumb. Mm-hmm. I didn't, nothing was wrong. Nothing was wrong, but nothing was right. Yeah, it was a bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Bare opinion. minimum. Yeah, and also it's just like you know how oats are so mellow. Yeah, it's just as mellow as oats are. So if you just imagine drinking like the water from the bottom of oatmeal, like if you made like if you made a little cup of oatmeal and then you kind of drank the top of it,
1: it's like what it is. It like a it. Or like mm-hmm. you know when you get a rash. <laughs> and then you're supposed to take like an oat bath because it's like soothing and coats your mouth like tastes
0: like that it's
1: kind of that vibe where you're like okay
0: then if there were strawberries in the bottom of the tub <laughs> <laughs> always beth pickens is the author of the book your art will save your life her forthcoming book, Make Your Art No Matter What, is available for pre-order right now through Chronicle Books or wherever you get books. Beth is an arts consultant, a Capricorn, and an esteemed friend to the show. She has a podcast for artists called Mind Your Practice. And you can join her homework club right now at mindyourpractice.com. Beth joined producer Panyo and I via Zoom in the Sagittarian Matters social distancing studios to answer your advice questions. And try a new flavor of Ticino. Now, please enjoy my talk with very special Capricorn to the show, Beth Piggins. All right, Beth, before we get into listener questions, I have a couple of orders of business. Number one is that because I have started a spin off limited series, The Gay Amazing Race, we were oh. talking about my audition tape with you that we made in 2010.
2: 2011.
0: 11. And how can you describe the setting for how did we even decide to apply for the Amazing Race?
2: <laughs> the setting was 2011, so te- it's now 10 years old. This is the 10 year anniversary of our audition tape. And we were in Acumal, Mexico in the Mayan Riviera for uh the Radar Writer or the Radar Lab Artist Retreat. And this was a queer artist and writer retreat that I helped run through Radar Productions, a queer literary organization in San Francisco. And the other people I ran it with were Michelle T, who's the founder and executive director of the organization, and Ali Liebigott, who eventually became the managing director after I left. And so you were one of the selected um, artists that year in one of the sessions. And I don't know how it came to pass that we decided to do it, but we happened to be at that retreat with friend to the show, friend to each of us, Chris Vargas, who is a video artist and um, knows his way around a camera and knows how to edit some things to make them look really good and interesting. So I know that we just decided like, let's do it. Let's make the amazing race. We, we have a compelling story. We can figure out something. And so we put together, we, we shot it there in the condo and then out on the beach in that beautiful setting that we love so much. And it was edited together uh, expertly by Chris Vargas, but controversially remember the hate mail that we got.
0: Because we said that we weren't each other's types because we were femme. And then people were like, but I'm a femme. Well, that
2: wasn't femme. even it. If I don't know if you remember, he because he he, I, he went into YouTube to like clear our names. Had this happened 10 years later, you and I would just be canceled from all queer things. Like you would no longer have a podcast. I would not have a client base anymore. Queer artists would be like, goodbye to both of you. In the duration of making the video, In different parts, first, we were just talking about, no, we would never date. We're not each other's type. And then we went on to say like, oh, I like butches. I like butches. You know, we're both femmes. We're not, we don't date femmes. But the way it was edited together, and Chris was not doing this diabolically. It just happened to be, this is how I put it together. Those two sentences sounded causational or causal. So I said, we're not each other's type. You said, we're femmes. And then you explain what femmes are. So the way audiences who were looking and most audiences of the internet are there to destroy you. Like that's why we're online is to destroy people. The way it was heard and understood is we were saying we would never be together because we're both femmes, and that it doesn't count. Like that's not a thing. So then people were mad. Luckily it was still early enough. Internet 2011 doesn't seem early, but it was compared to now. So not that many people saw it on YouTube to even hate us. But Chris did go into YouTube and say, respond to the comments by saying, this is not what they were saying. The power of editing is real. I took two different statements that sound like they were connected and they actually weren't.
0: Yeah. We talked about our types. We're not each other's types. That's no. it. Those types exist. There's a, there's a lid to every pot.
2: There's a lid for every pot. Sometimes
0: the lids look the same as the pot and that's, yep. that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But I like to not date the women who are
2: very masculine, and you tend to as well. And yeah. neither one of us, I think we've probably both tried at different points of our life, not looking so good trying to do a masculine gender presentation. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no, I definitely. <laughs> I, wish that, I wish that I had a little side by side of both of our photos of us um, when we were maybe like more baby dyke style where I, as a teenager, I had a shaved head and I would wear super oversized clothes because growing boobs just felt like a betrayal. It felt so terrible in my body. And I was like, Oh no, hide it, you know, put stuff over it. I was like, mom, as soon as I'm 18, I got to have a breast reduction. This cannot happen to me. This Mm -hmm. cannot happen. And then I kind of was trying to, um, Blend in with the men in my life. There were not really butches or transmasculine people in my life at that point in Kansas, in the nineties. So I blended in with the cis men in my life. I thought, but actually, their male privilege did not descend upon me as I thought it might.
2: You didn't absorb it through osmosis.
0: I didn't, but I thought, like, oh, they treat feminine people as so stupid. Maybe if I I act like this, can't be
2: that. That's bad.
0: That's bad. Being feminine is bad. But like, I'll be so hardcore. Anyway, that was my brief journey, but it didn't, it just wasn't meant to be.
2: So all of this is to say is we auditioned for the amazing race and explained that we would never date. We're not each other's type.
0: <laughs> and then we got in trouble. I think actually we only got like one comment or something, but I liked that. It's but it like- felt,
2: we were scared. We were like, oh no, we've been misunderstood on the internet. Little do we know that's what it is to be on the internet.
0: If we applied today. I would do differently. This, I would, I would try to trigger each other. I would get Chris or whoever was videotaping it. We, I would try to bring up something that caused each of us to get very, you know, very uh, aroused, like, like a, like what is like when a dog's fur goes up, that's what I would try to get to happen with us. So people could see our maximum bitchy potential on camera.
2: Right. Really get each other's hackles up or whatever. Yeah. I I started to have a bad internet connection. Can you hear me? Okay.
0: Oh, I can hear you perfectly.
2: You got choppy. Okay, good. Right. Yeah. We, we clearly didn't have enough conflict. There wasn't enough clear baked in conflict in the narrative for middle America. It, it was just like, we're friends and Nicole's mean and will boss me around and I'm going to do the food challenges near vegan. And we like snorkeling. Yeah. They, they were never going to pick us, but we did look crazy in the video. So that's an upside.
0: <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, I, you know, I just think, you know, if we did it again, I would, I would highlight some things. Beth has one kidney and I know that she wants to show the world that people with one kidney can do anything.
2: People with one kidney can do anything.
0: And I want to help her. Except donate a kidney. Except, except donate yeah. a kidney. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then maybe there'd be a challenge on the race where they had to ask me if I would donate a kidney to you. And I would say
2: yes. Ooh, ooh. Um, well, since that's now 10 years old, we have this wonderful record too from our now what feels like youth. I mean, I'm squarely middle-aged now. You're coming you're coming in fast. So we have this time capsule from our early 30s.
0: <laughs> when we were young. I, I do like my hair better now. I had the 2D haircut there, the very controversial 2D haircut, kind of like the, the long... <laughs> The long, staggered bowl cut that my partner at the time just said, you look really different than you did when we got together. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a cool haircut. It was very punk. It was very DD Dee Dee Ramone and they just didn't get it.
2: I thought it would look great. Thank but you. But it probably ha- it required a lot of maintenance, did it not?
0: It required a lot of maintenance because my hair naturally wants to curl. It doesn't want to lay flat. Is like a little flat, smooth bowl. It wants to frizz up and be a different shape. Today's episode is brought to you by Emily Helmus, Zoe Wirth, Laura Perry, Demetra Haloutzos, Shoshana Ruth Wector, Christy Herod, and Joey Soloway. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, In particular, producer Chris Sutton. Please send $5, $5 million, that's your business, to hornetleg at gmail.com on PayPal. That's hornet like the insect, leg like its appendage at Gmail. Or this just in, he's got a Venmo. Hell Books on Venmo. That's H-E, double hockey sticks, books. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo's speaking voice. Dear Kaya, My Jack Chi is a total butthole when he is on leash, but a total angel when he is off leash. Mm. What do I do? Is there a fix? Signed, frustrated in Fresno
3: yeah there's a fix definitely there's a fix i wonder uh i'm I'm assuming with other dogs this is in reference to my dog is uh has a hard time with other dogs on leash but not so much off leash but also if it were not if it if it it were um if the question is about other like humans strangers or any other animal that it encounters on leash versus off leash the different the the thing that is happening is we are just getting a classic example of leash reactivity which is actually pretty easy fix and it takes two a few steps one is uh one of the steps is to determine the distance of which your dog starts to when when they notice a stimulus let's just say it's a dog okay it's got it barks at other dogs lunges at other dogs when it gets kind of close to them determine the general um distance let's say at 30 feet your dog notices there's another dog at 20 feet your dog is is erupting on the leash so but at 30 feet they're not so start at 30 feet or even back a few feet from that start when they notice the dog but they're not over what's called over threshold, which means they're in the red, which we all know you can't, you, once you're in the red, you're just kind of like, you can't do much to manage your feelings and behaviors at that point. It's really, it's pretty hard. It's much, much more challenging, especially for, for a dog who doesn't have any ability to uh, have this kind of intentional mindset of, of that humans can do. But anyway, so at the, at around, uh, keeping under threshold, when it, it makes sure it keeps that distance from that dog so it's not approaching you know the dog's not approaching it any closer and and at that point, once the dog sees the other dog, we are going to try to try to make an association with the dog in a really high value treat something pre- preferably something it hasn't had before so if it 's never had string cheese, whip out some string cheese if it 's never had uh you know rotisserie chicken let's just say it lo- you know a lot of dogs generally generally high up on the list of high value treats will be uh, meat and 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 dairy um, so bring out a novel treat that is yummy to your dog and get your dog to just go what? What just happened? I saw a dog and then you fed me a yummy treat you're going to in- try to encourage that dog to make a connection between seeing a dog and then looking at you and getting a treat that's the that's the chain of events you want to, to encourage so Dog, dog, by and that dog should start doing that once once it makes the association. Dog, see, dog, the human throws a treat into my mouth, so it'll start. It should start looking at you. Then you can start increasing your distance and seeing how it goes. So you don't want to go too far too fast. So just slowly start to get closer to the the stimulus, um, another dog, and uh, just keep that same practice going. Your dog at this point, you want that dog to be a pro of I see a dog and I look at you and I get a treat, cool, I like this, this is fun this is good, other dog equals something good happened and also I'm not being forced to get too close to the dog which makes me feel really anxious on the leash because on leash what happens to dogs is they don't feel they have control because they don't they no longer have like a they, off leash, You know, they have this freedom to, they can get away, they can make distance for themselves but they, they are very aware that they are not able to make that distance with you, you are calling the shots when they're on leash so call it in the direction they're asking for, which is distance. Uh, and then slowly start to increase their ability to get closer and closer to that stimulus at their pace. You watch them. You understand. You start to like really watch their body language. Are they tensing up? Um, can, you'll be able to tell when they're, you know, you'll see the difference between I'm, I see the thing and I'm kind of uncomfortable, but I can eat a treat. And then, and then they're over the line and then they probably will not even notice a treat at that point because they're so... They're so freaked out. So keep them under that distance and just keep on increasing the distance until you are, you know, able to get pretty close to a dog on leash. But, you know, you don't have to have a goal of actually even getting very close to a dog on leash. You know, there's no, uh, no benefit to that exactly. So keep your off leash play happy and good because the dog is enjoying that. And then on leash, just give, give your dog the distance, but try to increase its sense of, uh, it's good emotions around other dogs. Um, as you build up its tolerance to to that proximity, getting closer and closer. So you don't have to always be like, oh my God, my dog's losing their mind. That's a long answer.
0: Thank you, Kaya. You're welcome. It's it's real I just want to note it's the thing you said about a new treat, a novel treat. Uh-huh. It's very important.
3: Yeah.
0: Don't just be like, well I'm lazy and I already have this bag of treats.
3: Yeah. Yeah, bust out something new. Bust out something fresh. Uh, I don't want to plug the brand, but we're going to say a not organic version of baby food that is meat-based is pretty cool. Open that little jar, give the dog a lick. Oh, man, that, that dog is going to be like, what the? Why haven't you fed me this yet? Cream cheese. Cream cheese with anch- anchovies mixed in. Gross. The grossest shit you can think of. Dogs, you know, dogs... Uh, Dogs like things that smell very pungent, very pungent.
0: Can I ask you one more question about dogs? Yeah. This listener says, Dear Sagittarian Matters, Dear Kaya, My dog and I recently moved into a new place and she's pretty sad. How can I cheer her up?
3: Oh, that's so sweet.
0: From Sad in Sacramento.
3: Oh, that's real sweet. Yeah, I mean, I would say for, you know, depending on the dog, but a lot of dogs are sensitive to a move just as a person would be. Or a kid maybe would be, and everything changed in their life. So they they want a sense of stability. I would tr- imagine when you move, that you almost as if you just adopted the dog. So proceed but but a little little slow you know you can you can expedite faster than if you just adopted the dog with these things but proceed with care about setting the house up to feel like home used to be making sure they are still able to get the same sort of enrichment that they were in what other what whenever what other location you had been in try to figure out how you can make that a similar sense of enrichment for them in that in your new home um and also, you know, a lot of dogs get really anxious if you bring them to a new space and then you start doing your normal, I leave to go to work or I leave to do this. If possible, you know, create a system where you can you, either you hire somebody or you yourself are able to stay home with your dog more and and slowly start to increase how much you leave them alone in a new environment. That could be part of their um, sadness um and then just maybe just make some just some make them extra effort of of connecting with them through play and through um yeah games like i tre- i love treat find it games um if if the situation might be you know i my guess is that like one of the hardest parts for moving t- for a dog will be uh feeling uncomfortable being left alone um for a lot of dogs in a new environment so i would do like i would get like a snuffle mat Or do other kind of like nose work, scent work games that you can do for when you do leave the house. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh.
0: Snuffle mat is like. Everybody knows what a snuffle mat is. It's like a little square (laughs) with a million tiny flaps of fabric on it.
3: Yeah. It's, there's, yeah, there's also, like, there's. You know what
0: it looks like? It looks like the underside of those. If you've ever been to, like, the dollar store or a Daiso, and there's the. That's a dog drinking water. And there's like the mop slippers, like slippers you're wearing to dust your house. It looks like that.
3: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's just a way for it's a it's a mat that is designed in a way with the fabric so that treats kind of fall into it and the, they create a so the dog has to snuffle them out. You know, has to sniff them out and kind of get them out of there. Lo, dogs love foraging activities with food, so anytime you can incorporate. Find it, nose work, scent work stuff into your day-to-day, whether it be hiding treats around the house or outside the house, putting them in a puzzle, like in a, in a Kong, a frozen Kong, putting them in a snuffle mat. I mean, uh, th- this is a great way to leave dogs uh, with something to do when you leave the house too. I really, I would say always giving your dog a distraction of like um, a foraging activity.
0: Yeah. When I have moved Panyo around to different places, when I have left, I make sure her, because Panyo has a travel bag that she's accustomed to going into, that that's her safe space. So I make sure her travel bag is in a room that I can close her in with some kind of music or white noise and then a lot of stuff to eat that will take her a long time. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, maybe by the time she's done eating a frozen Kong or finding those things and she's like, oh, there's my nice bed that smells just like me, mm-hmm. that I've, you know, is my safe place. There's my little den. And then, you know, they, she can't get into too much trouble. She can't like anxiously walk around looking for something to do if she's trapped in a room.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some some dogs yeah. find that very comforting to be in a kind of a secure spot, especially if it's like you said, someplace they're accustomed to like a crate x-pen or a, a little um travel travel case yeah. in her case
0: well the travel case is just in a small room i should say she's yeah. not like locked in her travel case
3: Ah, oh, okay yeah 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 a lot of times dogs enjoy that adjustment of, of not having too much space depends on the dog but
0: i also don't want her to pee in a weird place if she loses faith in me
3: <laughs> she's never coming back i guess i'll just urinate on this rug
0: kaya thank you for your dog wisdom Thank you for coming back to the podcast. Oh,
3: thanks for having me. I love it.
0: Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. waiting for you and it's a game amazing world i'm karen tongson and i'm nicole j george's and we're the hosts of the game amazing race a new limited series podcast about the amazing race your favorite reality competition show from an lgbtq point of view we are going to talk to gay amazing guests, including Oswald Mendez, Team Guido, the married lesbian ministers, and more. Plus, we will learn behind the scenes gossip, trivia, we'll talk about gay villains, The Closet, archetypes, processing challenges that we just can't forget, and more. And beyond that, you'll also have a gay amazing soundtrack scored by the Kaya Wilson. This music has been described as Enya-esque, with druidic energy. So listen to us, The Gay-Amazing Race, wherever you get your podcasts. The
3: Gay-Amazing Race The amazing Race The Gay-Amazing